If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Your next game is going to be a gripping journey, and here is why. In this episode, we find some answers to, is the mage hand cantrip any better than my other two hands? What are some new ways of using this handy spell? And what would a bunch of wizards do to pump this spell up a notch? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Jordan, and I'm his brother, Travis. So the amazing thing is that we actually have this spell now today. Easy. With the wonders of technology. (laughs) Go on. The world of the future. You have a robotic hand? No, we can control stuff in our homes from our phones, which is basically like having an invisible hand go turn up the heat or... Okay, to be clear, I have the ability to do that. I'm not sure you've mastered that quite yet. Well, it's easy to forget when you know that you can just do it later. (laughs) No, I see your point, and that's actually a fairly valid one. I do just wave my hand, and I can turn lights on and off. Travis has our place decked out in mostly hue lights, which are those ones that, yeah, you can control the colors and the on-off with your phone. And if we're being honest, the amount of money and time and effort, I mean, I spent an hour tonight trying to figure out our mesh network. (laughs) So the amount of time that I put into a smart home is pretty much the same as like a wizard practicing magic. Exactly. Wizards had to put in their time. That's bullshit. And everyone else just says, oh, technology, who knows about it? (laughs) So today we're talking about, obviously, Mage Hand. And this one kind of resonates well with me because I feel like we could be using this spell a lot more creatively. It's easy to just reach out and grab something. Like, it's definitely a great utility spell Yeah, for doing little things like that. Oh, I can't get up on that ledge, but that thing is up there. I'll use Mage Hand. Or I'll just tap somebody on the shoulder. Yeah. And then slap them on the other side. (laughs) You do the old... uh, Three Stooges routine with strange passerby in D&D a lot, do you? Yeah, absolutely. If I didn't have to play with the party, if I played one-on-one D&D, it would mostly be comedy bit. (laughs) Tweak! You got it down. It's just nothing but slapstick, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel then, I feel the pressure to use Mage Hand better than just slapstick. And I don't know how many times I've seen or I've been sitting at the table and I've seen somebody else use Mage Hand really creatively, like really creatively and gone, well, shit, why didn't I think of that? That was brilliant. Why can I never come up with these kind of ideas? I always look at my other more powerful spells first, I think is one of the issues. Mm. Mage Hand is just a dinky little cantrip. It just gets stuff from high places. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It can reach the top shelf. That's... (laughs) That's the extent of the spell. It's a gadget arm. But once you get used to this cantrip, you can start pulling it out in all kinds of situations, not just for flavoring your character, but I mean, now that I'm familiar with it, there's not a lot of situations it couldn't be used in. Yeah, fair enough. And because it is a cantrip, you can use it as often as you want, which means you can 
add a ton of role-playing flavor yeah just using mage hand always have that sucker out all right well why don't we explore that in kinship camp this is kinship camp where rich histories and diverse quirks are explored between weary adventures around the safety of the fire Okay, so let's do a quick recap of what the spell is. It's a cantrip, meaning it can be cast unlimited times. Its casting time is one action. Its range is 30 feet. Its components are verbal and somatic. Duration of a minute. It can be used by bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. It's also a conjuration spell. And the text reads, A spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. So it takes an action to dismiss it. The hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast this spell again. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow or retrieve an item from an open container, or pour out the contents of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it, The hand can't attack, activate magic items, or carry more than 10 pounds. A weak hand. Got it. There's a lot of stipulations in there. Some of the ones that kind of jump out to me, the 30 feet, and you can like cast it and then recast it and just generate a new hand. It can't attack is one of the biggest stipulations. Yeah, that's a really important one because otherwise you could just arm it with a sword and go to town. Yeah. So what kind of characters use Mage Hand? I don't know. This one was really quite tough to figure something out for because like we haven't seen this used a lot in media. No. So it's hard to draw inspiration from various sources. Professor X didn't conjure little hands to do his bidding. <laughs> to move stuff with his mind. As as soon as you talk about Mange Hand, I immediately imagine like an old creepy Rasputin type character that's able to like just conjure grim, evil looking claw hands. Gotcha. When the Disney princess is walking away with her back turned and the, the spectral hand just reaches out and catches the back of her cloak, that kind of like vaguely villainous things. Absolutely. <laughs> Lich's got Mage Hand going everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's definitely, and it's clawed as all hell. <laughs> Rasputin's a lich for sure. Well, <laughs> okay, that's a whole nother episode. We got to dig into that. That's brilliant. <laughs> he totally is. He couldn't be killed. Yeah, exactly. He's immortal. So I guess a lot of the questions that I have, holy shit, Thing from the Adams family. Oh, yeah, for sure. For Anything sure, for sure. Thing was doing, that's Mage Hand, baby. <laughs> that's a permanent Mage Hand. Wow, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) That begs the question, what does a mage hand look like? It specifies spectral hand, but I never constrain myself with the official text of how it looks. Well, that's because because you can't be constrained. Yeah. But if we are sticking to the text, spectral, what does that even mean? Does that just mean that it's see-through? Yeah. Sure. Watery. (laughs) Okay, wispy. Let's go with wispy. (laughs) But what color is it? What does it look like? Does it have talons? Yes. (laughs) That's not a definite answer kind (laughs) of scenario. It's rhetorical. Uh, Does it have jewelry on it? Well, I think a lot of your questions can be answered when you think about where this hand is coming from for your particular character. And I do want to get into that. Okay. Well, and I just, I have to wonder about 
all of the variables. How big is it? Does the, like when you cast it, is a weird wisp going all the way back to your hand 30 feet yeah. away? Or a laser beam. Is it just kind of disembodied? Yeah. Does your palm glow when you cast it? Are you constantly like with every move, granted it's got a somatic component to it, but is your hand like gesturing? Are you miming it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it more of a direct control? Is it a baby's hand? <laughs> it very well could be <laughs> if your character is a baby. Explains the 10 pound <laughs> limit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many variables and I think every character should spend at least a little bit of time yeah. describing what this hand looks like because if you don't, it defaults exactly to blue spectral yeah. see-through ghost hand Wispy that is hand. normal sized. Yeah. And that's just, that's standard. Just your average, just your run-of-the-mill ghost hand. So definitely <laughs> spend some time thinking about what your hand looks like. <laughs> that sounds weird <laughs> saying that, but... <laughs> All right. Great takeaways. Look at your hands. <laughs> what do they look like? All right. Let's explore some new applications for this spell. I think for this spell, there's some categories of applications that we can roll through. The first one is for the exploration part of D&D. You can use it to test the waters of whatever dangerous situation you might find yourself in. That is, yeah, it's it's kind of the core to Mage Hand beyond like being the reacher grabber of the magic world. It's like, can I poke stuff with it? Yeah, you can poke anything you think might be a trap from 30 feet away. It stands to reason if it can hold 10 pounds, it can apply 10 pounds of force. You could even, you know, if you think something's a trap and maybe it takes more than 10 pounds to set it off, you can still move multiple things to that spot. That crazy button that's inset into the stone wall in the dread temple that begs you to reach in and press it. There, That is a job for Mayjan. Do not stick your real fleshy bits in there. Yeah, never in a dungeon. Never touch stuff. <laughs> but I mean, you're in the water. You can reach around looking for weird creatures in the water. Yeah, test uh, test the water for kippers. I even saw somebody on Reddit that had the idea of grabbing a rope with it and using it as an invisible creature radar. So if you're holding one end of the rope and the hand's holding the other end, it's like a beep. Ah, beep. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's that's like uh, Ripley in the, uh, the alien monitor. Yeah, she had a mage hand. <laughs> no, she didn't, but... <laughs> I get the meaning. That's that's pretty ingenious. You could also just like try and clothesline stuff with it, though that hand probably couldn't hang on. Yeah. You're going to find out, like you say, where that invisible creature is. That's smart. Would you say that aliens had a mage mouth? No. <laughs> that was nightmares. <laughs> that was all that was. I see. Okay. Under that exploration theme, you can also overcome barriers that are locked really easily how so well if a door is locked from the other side you can cast mage hand as long as there's a peeping hole something like that i mean it is still kind of specific okay but if your dm allows it then you can creatively open a lot of locks with this i guess it doesn't say anywhere within the text whether or not you need to be able to see it so just kind of like feeling around in the dark yeah you could absolutely if you weren't looking at a lock and you had your eyes closed, you could still figure it out. Yeah, unless it's a puzzle lock. Ugh. We're not really going to cover attacking too much because it specifically can't. But one of our patrons had the excellent idea. Will HP comes through again 
that you can scare someone into think they're being attacked at the very least. Mage Hand can hold a crossbow from the bushes and shoot it. Not to kill, not to hurt, not to attack, but it can shoot a crossbow. Interesting. So if you preloaded it, it could pull a trigger. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a light crossbow is five pounds and you can really terrify people. I mean, if you plan this out, you got a bunch of crossbows hanging from ropes. <laughs> this mage hand is just going around shooting them. Where's it coming from? There's a ghost in the bushes. In the event that you can, you have like 150 hours of setup time. Yeah, you could hang a dozen crossbows from the ceiling and <laughs> aim them and have a, a spectral hand. Sure, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the other argument that is commonly made is that this sucker cannot attack, but it can drop weapons on your foes. Fair enough. You got no, daggers weigh one pound each. You got 10 daggers on strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if we could, yeah, if we can lift 10 pounds, we can drop 10 pounds. Yeah. Well, that begs the question, 10 pounds of anything. Exactly. You could drop a 10 pound rock. A 10 pound rock is heavy. Yeah, that hurts when clocked with a rock. <laughs> a D&D &D sledgehammer weighs 10 pounds. Ah, that'll suck. Yep. You know how many ball bearings you could drop with a mage hand? I don't know. How much does a thousand ball bearings weigh? Two pounds. Huh. So you can drop 5,000 ball bearings. I know one of our players would love that. Uh, yeah. A fiend for ball bearings. So many ball bearings. Kept around a thousand ball bearings, 3,000 ball bearings in a pouch for just the right moment and carried them for most of a year long campaign only for the perfect moment to arise. Giants. A grappling hook is four pounds, so you've got some creative uses with that. Place it wherever you need it to be. Yeah, throwing and trying to aim a grappling hook is for chumps. Yeah. I mean, within 30 feet, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess. You're not going super far at a time, but... That's high enough to get over a guard wall or... It's higher than I can jump on my own. Scale up to the second story of a building. Yeah. You can also, of course, just prank people with four and a half liters of water. That seems so specific. You're Okay, first of all, you're pranking... <laughs> pranked ya you could do a prank show in D&D with me no <laughs> no that's useless that's a useless we All can right. do better moving on to the next category of things role play you can mess with people real good with a mage hand and not only as a rogue but the couple of bonuses you get with uh the rogue subclass of arcane trickster which gets this cantrip but invisible ah yes and can do the following things pickpocket and of course put pocket <laughs> uh the often forgotten put pocket yeah uh, you drop a match and some alchemist fire in someone's pocket and that is a bad time you can also you know frame a murder pretty easily with put pocket <laughs> you're a bad person uh, well yeah my character is what else i feel like there is a lot of options for drawing attention to places with you know the aforementioned ball bearings when you need somebody to look the other way Drop anything. A thousand ball bearings into a crowd, that's going to draw some attention. Yeah, it's a classic stealth game kind of move. Like you're just trying to make a noise somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're the distraction as the caster, you could fake having it attack you. <laughs> hand coming for your throat. No! As your hand is gently wafting in the air, <laughs> controlling it at your own throat. Well, I mean, you don't have to be obvious about your casting. You also have to roll a... A deception check with that one. <laughs> yeah, of course. The hand itself could beckon a guard or foe. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm going to go and investigate who's casting Mage Hand to beckon me. Yeah. I mean, you'll be cautious as heck. Uh, yeah. Sword drawn for <laughs> sure. I'm no idiot. I think one of the greatest potentials for that attention getting in a crowd anyways is have it carry a piece of gold or a bag of gold. You just like move it throughout a crowd and hope they all chase it? Yeah. Is hmm. that crowd not going to stampede towards a bag of gold? Yeah, I guess so. Money floating through the crowd? Tell me you wouldn't go for it. I feel like the bridge cutting just... Okay, so you can't attack with a knife, but can Mage Hand hold a knife? and then just gently move it back and forth along the edge of a rope? I say absolutely. So in that Indiana Jones scenario where, you know, they're cutting the rope and you just have Mage Hand do it. Yeah, you can keep running for a little bit at least. Have Mage Hand secure you. You know, the old John McClane move where the uh, you've got the gun taped to the back of the... <laughs> you've got a dagger back there, but why not just have a Mage Hand float it? That's true. And then pass it to you. I mean, you could also have it just carrying what you might need in combat in front of you. Or above you. Yeah, just have it drop when you need it kind of thing. Walk into the party unarmed. Mage Hand goes in through a window. Oh, nice. If you could see it, then you could probably guide it. But yeah. If you run into anybody while it's floating a dagger through there, that, that could probably end poorly for you. If a hand holding a floating dagger navigating through a ritzy party stabs anybody, I'm, I don't know who's liable in that scenario. <laughs> well, remember, it's got to give it to you to do the stabbing. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you can't see it and it's moving its way through a house, but oh, it's within 30 feet, like, a, say, a floor <laughs> above you, if you can't see where you're going, who knows what you'll end up jabbing. Can I hear some screams? You could also just create a lot of fear with it, given this would be have to be a little bit lower magic of a setting. But there's no limitation in the spell description about the size. It doesn't say a hand the size of your hand, just says a hand. Go on. So could you not cast a massive spectral hand, like the hand of a literal giant? Hmm. A monster's hand, any monster you want from the manual? Or a tiny hand? Yeah, a creepy little hand crawls up their back. <laughs> little spider hand <laughs> you want to wig somebody out that's a quick and easy way to do it yeah i think it works as a low efficiency illusion as well because you could pretend that you're summoning a demon or some equally frightening ghoul like oh, their hand is coming into existence first but you're trying to scare somebody into doing what you want it's like this demons are coming <laughs> you better <laughs> So you draw a magical rune on the ground and then have a spectral hand press itself above and through it. So you're like, eh, the portal's open and I can't stop it now. Run, save yourself. There you go. I think you could use it to enhance other illusions as well. Because I mean, with some more powerful illusion spells, you can make the illusion of a full person, but that person can't do anything. So if you cast mage hand into that person's hand, all of a sudden they can hold stuff and... So it's you got to partner with another caster. Totally. Or your own spell, because Mage Hand doesn't require concentration. Yeah, that's uh, that's an important distinction. Just the fact that it doesn't require concentration means that you could cast other spells. Yeah. That's really powerful. And the final move that you can pull with this is less useful, more for your character development. Oh, boy. But it's a great laziness enhancer. Everything should be grabbed with Mage Hand. It's yeah. a cantrip. Yeah. 
We all want it. Every caster should be casting this all the time. Wouldn't it be the first spell you learned? Because, I mean, we've all spent five minutes trying to turn off the lights from bed with a shoe at the end of a broomstick. Have we? <laughs> all of us humans have done it. One in this room <laughs> has done it. To give you a little bit of inspiration for this avenue, I gotta tell you about what some uh, Reddit users have done. With Mage Hand? Not with Mage Hand. Some of the laziest things Reddit users have done. Oh boy. <laughs> so just let this inspire your lazy character that uses Mage Hand. That is a very common trait and a fun one to play out. So let's hear it. Well, Reddit user, I am a Dingleberry. <laughs> Great. You know this is going to be good already. Says, I have a dog and a cat and I hate sleeping with the door open. Sometimes the dog wants to sleep in the bedroom. Sometimes the dog wants to sleep outside the bedroom. But he never decides until I'm comfy in bed. Solution? Keep a laser pointer on my nightstand. Once the dog decides where he's sleeping, I'll shine the laser pointer on the door so that my cat paws it closed. It has now become a routine that my cat will wait by the door for the laser before laying down. <laughs> so you're using a cat. In place of mage hand. Exactly. Clever cat manipulation. Uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> and then leave my brain alone says, I was laying in bed with the light on and wanted to go to sleep with it off. I called my house from my cell phone and asked for myself in a disguised voice. When my mom came in to bring me the phone, I asked her to turn the light out when she left, hung up both phones and went to sleep. That's a dick move. <laughs> That's so mean to your mom. <laughs> Sorry, nice mom. All right, I could go down this avenue for a very long time, but let's apply it to some characters. <laughs> okay, because that was quite a departure. Thank you. Okay, so in applying, we want to try to make stuff that is specific to the individual classes that can cast Mage Hand. Yeah, and we're just using these classes as kind of a starting point for the type of character you might be playing. All right, so let's start with the first class being a bard what would you do for a bard if you think of a more kind of theater performing bard uh, i think that you could easily dress up your hand because it's a real hand it exists it's not just an illusion <laughs> so you have tiny costumes like people <laughs> dress up their dachshunds yeah okay well i mean you could put on a little three-handed puppet show by yourself <laughs> but not only that you could dress this thing up as a rat or a bat some kind of little vermin after you cast it and send it by a guard's feet or okay all right i was wondering where you're going with this <laughs> beyond just the uh, the aesthetics and the fun of dressing up your pet <laughs> hand well you can scare people with vermin you can vermin don't seem like someone's magically infiltrating your place <laughs> fair enough in more of a world building vein i think that bards could use mage hand to really amp up their performances I mean, there's so many spells that could do this, but when I think of Mage Hand, what if you had an acrobatic troop that all could cast Mage Hand? That's all they're using as they're diving around and getting lifted way up into the air by multiple Mage Hands. And Okay, that's interesting. Doing free falls and then being caught by like 20 Mage Hands. Well, it only takes like six people to lift a person with two fingers if, if you've ever done that little trust exercise yeah. of being able to like group lift a person. It, it only takes like a half dozen people to do that with a whole human. So yeah, you could probably do that. Okay, so what do you think you've got for Sorcerer? Well, I think you can just play Spin the Wheel on the Plane of Existence for Sorcerer. <laughs> Wild. Okay. Does that make any sense? Sort of. So... Like maybe every time it's a completely different looking hand. Like it's a shadow hand from the Shadowfell one time. It's a 
fiery hand that's warm to the touch another time. It's an icy hand. Why stop there? No reason. Keep going. Why not? You're just borrowing different hands. One time it's a basilisk claw. The other time it's a harpy claw. And then it's an elf hand. And then it's a, you know, purple worm hand. Oh, (laughs) I'm not sure that is a thing. (laughs) Messed that one up. Yeah. They're tiny, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. (laughs) Gross. Uh, What about Warlock? Well, for Warlocks, I think it'd be neat to play the hand as a whole separate entity so it's not just a spectral hand but maybe it's a whole ghost person of some sort but the hand is the only thing that's coming through into reality it's like a little demon hand sure whatever yeah whatever spin you want to put on it i guess whatever patron your warlock worships that's true it could be a fey hand or a angel hand or a demon hand i think the role play would be fun if you played it as having free will and you're really just like making these suggestions to it <laughs> uh you're magically nudging it this way or that (laughs) yeah and that could even play it with some arguments like it could be a contrasting personality situation (laughs) yeah it doesn't want to open the door for you yeah or maybe it's you know if you're playing a more serious character it goes in for a fist bump at the end of its task and you just like arms folded like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) very good or you could just uh you know cast it to pass the time play hand games like rock paper scissors or mercy (laughs) or thumb work with your mage hand very good (laughs) or you know if you wanted to go for more of a dramatic take then it could be an ancestor or a defeated foe that you're calling to your aid as a warlock oh i dig that like calling a defeated foe's hand to serve you yeah that's pretty cool you can't rest yet all right uh what have you got for wizard well when i thought of wizards i imagine more you know wizards learn in groups they probably play some wizard games so what kind of simple games can you play as wizards and take into your adventuring party and your world you already covered them all paper rock scissors <laughs> thumb wars yep that's it well there's some basic ideas that you could run with like maybe wizards getting into the middle of a circle and whichever team with the last hand in the range wins. It's almost like sumo wrestling, but just with your mage hands. Oh, so the (laughs) mage hands are trying to get... I see. All right. Interesting. Yeah, like you could almost take bets. Yeah, make some arcana checks. Yeah, this game doesn't have a lot of meat on it, but it could be fun for, like like you said, a little bet. I like that this is basically the wizard equivalent of a bare-knuckle boxing match <laughs> yeah wizards don't they just fight. don't want to get punched in the face <laughs> two mage hands gently <laughs> punching each other <laughs> oh no the mage hand fight could be brutal <laughs> could it though with 10 pounds of pressure <laughs> okay maybe not <laughs> <laughs> pretty docile but if you get enough wizards together then you start making like hand birds with 10 hands and they're clawing at each other then it's getting weird that's extra weird All right, there's lots of uh, creative ideas that you can throw into your games. I think there is one more, though. Okay. We did discuss on the Discord about playing hot potato between a couple of wizards in a very, very all-stakes kind of competition. All right. With a flask of alchemist fire. Who can keep a hold of that alchemist fire in a game of hot potato with only mage hand? So is it like a wick going into the alchemist fire? Uh, no, I would imagine it's like a sealed glass vial, but their two hands are tossing it back and forth, being controlled by two wizards with dex checks. 
to see if they can catch them. <laughs> the first person to roll a one. Is the wizard sitting below the mage hand? Is that where the stakes are raised? I suppose not, because that would be horrible. Well, what's what are the stakes? Gold. I just thought the alchemist fire was like an actual threat to the wizard. Well, you're just playing it over the bard. <laughs> Good. You got a sacrifice involved. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our secondary segment, Millie's Shop of Wonders, to find some more inspirational mage hand items. What magical trinket can't you discover among the shelves in Millie's Shop of Wonders? So when I was thinking about Mage Hand, I couldn't stop thinking about potential little magic items for maybe the character that doesn't have access to Mage Hand, or if you just want to beef it up a tiny titch. Interesting. So these are potential magic items for a DM to give a player who regularly uses Mage Hand and maybe deserves a little extra something special for role-playing so darn well <laughs> there with you those go. previous tips. Or maybe just a character that is really creative and you just want to see what they do with a minor magic item like this right on and not that these are super wild they just kind of remove a restriction or two of mage hand okay so the ring of many hands for example lets you cast multiple mage hands so you could have two yeah running around not just that but it adds concentration to the spell ah and you can keep casting more mage hands there's no actual limit on it <laughs> interesting but if you lose that concentration maybe you take an intelligence drain so your actual intelligence score goes down if you lose that concentration Ooh, equal to the number of mage hands that you have cast that is some stakes yeah jeez just until your next long rest or something like that your intelligence comes back but well you could also just say that you could add concentration throwing an extra restriction on there you can only cast as many mage hands as you have bonuses to your intelligence yeah that's so true say you have a plus three now you can cast three mage hands at the same time yeah it depends on your spell casting ability that's good there you go how about the ring of stabby hands <laughs> you are a wizard <laughs> with names <laughs> thank you lets you cast a modified mage hand once per long rest the modification you guessed it it can attack <laughs> <laughs> as implied with the stabby hands yeah exactly okay i was thinking just to make it more interesting you could roll a d4 to determine its combat stats so the only combat stats that matter here are going to be strength and dexterity okay so you could just maybe have it go from one super weak to four super strong or you could do something where if you roll a one on that d4, maybe it has 18 strength and six dexterity. Okay. So it's a lot stronger than it is dexterous. Yeah. Okay. Then it goes all the way up to a four, which could be the inverse, six strength and 18 dexterity. So okay. now it's going with lighter weapons. It's going to be a stabby yeah. dagger thing. Yeah, but it couldn't carry all that much. I just think it's kind of interesting that when you cast it, you don't know what weapon you're going to put in its hand until mm. it's actually there yeah no that's uh that's clever or you could just transfer your melee attack to your mage hand maybe you wouldn't be able to make your melee attacks anymore while you've got it cast well because perhaps there is that bit of action that is required to take yeah like you still have to use your action to move therefore it's not going to be able to do much if you're moving it as your action 
Very true. But I guess what I mean there is instead of worrying about its stats as a separate thing, maybe your whatever you can do as a melee attack, it can do now because it's your mage hand. Got it. Then we have the Ring of Living Hands. This, is, this one's more for role play. I like how these are getting incrementally bizarre. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't stop here. So this one lets you create a permanent mage hand. Okay. So let's say it's just a ring that lets you cast the cantrip mage hand. But every time you use that cantrip, the mage hand gains a point of intelligence. Maybe once it gets to, let's say, eight intelligence, <laughs> it, it becomes its own entity and separates from the ring. And you've spawned a mage hand that now lives in the world. Why the fuck not? <laughs> I guess. If you can do anything... Yeah. So now there's a whole bunch of disembodied hands just running around. Yeah, because every time one kind of breaks off, you can start fresh. You can keep yeah. casting Mage Hand. And you go back to using the weaker, the less intelligent hand. Because <laughs> like you said, why not? That's nightmare fuel. All right. Those are the ones I came up with that were more useful. But I got one more for you that doesn't count <laughs> in the official roster. I just had to get it out there. This is the, the piece de resistance. This is the, the cherry on top. This haunted me on my way to work this morning oh, as no. I was scheming it. Okay. So I was thinking, what if you had a type of a helmet that had mage hand cast all over the outside of it? Would that, you know, protect you like a normal helmet would? Uh, if you fell and hit your head, a bunch of hands... Like, let's say there's 10 hands protruding out from your head that'll catch the ground when you fall. <laughs> What's it going to do against a swinging axe? Well, if you put on a whole suit that's covered in dozens of mage hands, it'll boost your AC a little bit, your armor. <laughs> With hand power. <laughs> With hand power. Because a swinging axe, if it gets grabbed by six hands on its way in, it's probably not going to do that as much soften damage. soften the blow, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and the added bonus is that that's the most visually disturbing suit of armor I can imagine. <laughs> that you're not wrong on. Well, great. This is absolutely the pinnacle of this show is a, a mage hand hand armor suit. So let's just let's call it here. It, it, you know what? It's not even the pinnacle of this particular episode, but the show overall, <laughs> all of it has been building to this. Oh, no. It feels almost wrong to jump from this, this mage hand hand suit abomination to our review this week. <laughs> but which, we're going to do it anyway. Which comes from RM504. And it goes, great podcast, five stars, well-produced, informative, <laughs> and fun. The hey, brothers thanks. are knowledgeable and entertaining. I do deeply apologize for the lack of maybe informative on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little away from us. It was creative. But thank you so much, RM504. It's really cool to get any feedback on how we're doing. And we really appreciate that you like it whether it's deserved or not. <laughs> so, quick recap. Use Mage Hand when you need a distraction, need to stay safe, need to be lazy, or need to get weird. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. As usual, 
Uh, come and join us on our Discord and tell us your weirdest application of Mage Hand. Because clearly, there is no normal application of Mage Hand because that's boring. Yeah, there's no limit. There's no limit to this cantrip. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects you heard in this episode. You can follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. And, and I'm going to need your hands games. to make that suit. Just stay the fuck away from me. Oh.